Welcome to Podcast on Podcasting, brought to you by Studio. We're your go-to resource for big ideas, helpful data, and practical tips on the art of corporate podcasting. We get a lot of feedback from listeners, and something we've heard quite a bit is that you want to hear from one of our customers that's already doing this. Okay, well, here you go. Today, we're talking to Salesforce, who for eight years in a row has been ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the most innovative companies in the world. I'm your host, J.B. Hager, and I sat down with Noel Moreno, Senior Director of Creative and Content Strategy, and Andrew Duncan, Podcast Creative Director and Senior Sound Designer. We talked about the process they went through to get Salesforce Radio off the ground. This is so cool that this company is embracing this medium. Now, many call it podcasting. I love that you call it radio, but you guys, like everyone here is jazzed about what's happening here. So, Noel and Andrew, let's start with you describing not just, it's not just one show for the employees of Salesforce. You've put together several. Can you give me brief descriptions of the shows and and what their purpose is? Yeah, sure. We have five shows that we produce internally for sales teams and CSG when CSG is basically our customer um, success group. So that's the post sales team. Uh, We have the news, which is a three minute uh, weekly digest and all things that are happening in Salesforce just to keep you up to speed because we know how hard it is to keep up with information here. We have a hard time with it. So we don't want our sales teams to have a hard time with that. We'll make it easy. And then we have a snap, the snapshot, which is like kind of our parallel to the daily, but maybe a little bit um, more lighthearted, obviously, where we dig into those news topics. And that's a 10 minute weekly show. Then we have Trailcast, which is a, a huge success for us. We're really happy about, which is basically taking trailhead content that we create for sales teams. So we have a whole stream of content we create for sales and we produce that in-house and we make those basically audiobooks and they're fun to listen to because they're written with metaphors so they're intriguing and they're engaging and you don't know what to expect and our intention with that content is really to meet the sales teams where they are because our sales teams are on the go and we understand that they're not always going to be beholden to their laptops we want to be where they are Mm -hmm. and then there's the human element which is uh for uh, teaching people about um, career guidance and soft skills and selling so they're more like long-form, in-depth interviews. You know, they always say that, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And I get the sense walking around this city, as I call it. It's a city within the city. That this medium was so important to you guys because things clearly happen fast around here. Is that the impetus for it? Oh, my. Just the speed of, the speed of things, literally. I think it's the speed of it, and it's also just... Um, I- I would say also recognizing how people learn. A lot of uh, the learning that we provide for sales teams today, which is totally awesome and fantastic, is really based on like a macro learning concept of being able to sit down and study and that you have focused time. And we really want to spend some more effort really thinking about what are these other micro learning opportunities where you're just learning and you didn't mean it, right? Like you were searching for something on the go. It's on demand and an easy way to really get information. And definitely for the news and the snapshot, it is about speed. Things change so much here. Um, It's hard to stay on top of all of it. I mean, we are at almost 30,000 potentially employees and everyone wants to communicate to sales. We're not alone, right? 
there's tons and tons, thousands of people who are trying to get the um, mind share of the sales teams on a daily basis. And so we were thinking about that. How do we make it easy? How do we make it on the go? How do we create something new that hasn't been done before? Let's talk about it not being done before. Were both of you boots on the ground spearheading this from the beginning? Or did you uh, get pulled in at a certain point? Well, I, I would say the chronology of it is that I was pulled in to start editing um, what was kind of like a side conversation about creating podcasts with the Field Trip Show. Were you already at Salesforce? No, at I wasn't. I, okay. was, I was a contractor. Okay. And they recorded these interviews and they brought me in for what was going to be a six-week engagement. It just it you just didn't even realize what you were going to no, walk into. No, I, I'm a sound designer <laughs> by trade, so mostly I just I edit mm-hmm. sound. And um, luckily, Noel got really involved with how sound is developed, like what's the process. Uh, got really down into all the details uh, so that she could be a more effective bridge to the technology part. And then she became a content creator herself. The launch itself was fairly recent, right? How soon was like, it? Right now. <laughs> like, like that's why... You're the, in it. <laughs> it's, I know this is all coming yeah. to a head right now. And so I want you guys to describe for me what the vibe has been like around the building, employees. Like, is are you seeing an immediate effect of a culture building thing? I feel like we're just getting a lot of like shock and awe. Like, really? This is this is for this is mm-hmm. for me. I can tune in, and this this content's just for me. So um, people are psyched about it. Um, people are super psyched that they can actually just listen on the mo- on um, their journey throughout their day on their mobile device. So we've had a couple. My favorite quote so far has been, "I can listen to this on the subway. This is lit." I was like, <laughs> "It is. You're right. It's so lit. I'm so psyched." When when you guys started spearheading this. Was it a challenge to sell them on the idea uh, of what you wanted to do, or was did they take to it immediately? Oh boy, you want to take this? Well, one? it was a challenge. I think we would not we would be lying to you if we said it wasn't. I w- I would say that um, it wasn't a challenge of whether or not podcasting at Salesforce should happen. It was really a question of how do we angle podcasting at Salesforce? What's really the business value of the shows that we're bringing? And so when Andrew and I partnered up, there was the tech part. I am no technologist by any means. I just said, I'll do what I can to help make this happen and like fought a good fight where we really spent a lot of time too was just on the content programming and the pitch. Like, why do we need this particular type of content? What's different and unique about it? And why do sales teams want it? Have you guys have any conversations with higher ups that may have been doubtful at a certain point? Um, Our executive team is really supportive. I think it was um, a matter, again, like this is a business at the end of the day, and it was about resources and funding, where I think some of the challenging conversations and hard decisions come in, but our executive team has been incredibly supportive, and I think they're really excited. They want to see those consumption numbers go up, and so Mm -hmm. do we, so we're on the same page with Mm -hmm. that. Like, we got to continue to market this and help people realize how to use the app and how to think about the content, because this is something that's completely new for the company. We don't have any kind of um, mobile audio platform, and this is the first one, the first podcasting um, enterprise content, and we're teaching people at the same time how to use it, how to think about it. When would you tune in? Um, what are the shows? Did you know you could download? Did you know you could share with your friends? So I think it will take some time for, um, for those numbers to go up because we have to do that continuous education and marketing. Did you pitch this as a way for the company to grow culture 
or a financial interest. Like this will pay for itself in a certain way. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was, was more on the culture side, okay. more on the culture side. And I think particularly it was about um, keeping our culture alive because as we grow, it's hard to do that. Right. We were, um, I think that's been a challenge. I would imagine that's a challenge for any company as they have the tremendous growth that we do to remember who we are and continue to embrace our Ohana and keep our values. And this was really a way for us to do that and do that on a, and actually more of a low cost model than we do with other mediums of content that we produce today. So that to me at least was a win-win, um, and we made we also made sacrifices from a budget point of view to do this. We didn't do other things. One of the things that I, I run into people with, regardless of how they're trying to build a channel or an audience, is consistency. Mm. You know, how do you manage that consistency to make sure it it happens and you're delivering and it's valuable? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about consistency, I think there's two parts to that. One was really around the content aspect of the show and like the format. We spent a lot of time, and I think about it, we're mm-hmm. going, was really bringing me back here. Um, <laughs> Bring me back. <laughs> Whoa. A little um, PTSD. Around like, yeah, like what, are, is this a reporting show? Is it an interview style? Like we spent time thinking about very methodically around like what is the style of, of podcasts that we're producing so that we were all on the same page of what we were doing and the style of that. And then we actually had someone from my team on um, kind of on the content producing side who was really looking at what the content in that episode was going to be. And then Andrew was looking at what is the sound design of that show? What is the vibe of the show? How do I bring that to life? And, well, all, and, but, and, and also, I mean, you kind of have to work with what you have, like what you have available, yeah. the content people who bring you the content that's available and then the voice talent, mm-hmm. you know, and you sort of like, someone's got to get on the microphone. I want to, I want to go it, into that. And make it happen, yeah. you know, and then you, you find yourself, you, you're not a voice person and, or you're not a, a DJ or a show host. <laughs> right. Someone has to stand up and say, I will do that. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself being a show host. Okay, let's go deeper on that. Let, d- share with us how some of that happened with launching these shows. Were you putting out a casting call within the no. buildings, or no? It's very it di- ha- the spirit's been very DIY, and I think the more we did the casting call kind of thing, the more it was like, but this seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Why would we get other people who aren't you know? We're not scripting stuff for people. We need people the who are involved with the content being the ones talking about it so that it's embodied in their voice. So we should make it sound diverse, and we should also embrace imperfections. Good point, and that you bring up with that, Andrew, because you said, oh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an announcer, I'm not a DJ. A lot of people are going to, that's going to be their first thought. I don't have any experience doing this. And I, I think that's one of the beautiful things of this format is it can come across much more authentic with well, that lack of experience. It's, it's like, well, I mean... Can you talk? <laughs> right. Well, then just put a microphone in front of your face. Right. Um, he says it like it's so easy. <laughs> I know. No, no, and you come from that background, <laughs> yeah. so you you probably, and I've seen it a million times in my career, it's it's a shock. You know, they put the headphones on, they get in front of the microphone, they, they clench. You see yourself in the mirror for the first time. But it's, yeah. it's remarkable how quickly you can get them past that. And mm-hmm. I, I want people to hear that so they're encouraged to to do it without overthinking it. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I've been saying, I found myself saying this uh, a, a couple of times recently. If you're going to start something, it's usually going to kind of look like a mess. 
at first and that it's sort of like cleaning a room and that sometimes when you're cleaning the room, it's going to actually get worse. <laughs> it's going to look messier while you're doing something and sooner or later one corner will look right and then quite suddenly everything else will start to fall into line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I feel like there's a fear component about working with a new medium and I've listened to a lot of other podcasts out there in the world and there's so many people who get in front of the microphone that say um all the time and like all the time and have really annoying voices and they get tons of listens (laughs) and they build huge audiences Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they go forth anyway in the face of all the criticism and you know we can do that here too like there's space for that so um, and the content is valuable so the self-consciousness I think is a huge hurdle but is definitely surmountable. Yep. We were very fortunate to have Andrew here and his team, JP and Ryan, who have been in um, the industry for a long time to also help coach us through this mm-hmm. self, this crisis when we would have it. Because <laughs> we would have it. I'm like, I'm never going to record again. I just, I don't know. Well, what, wait, I mean, this, wait, thank, God, <laughs> thank God that they're soundproofing. Gonna, Let me just tell you. I'm going to stop you, Noel. <laughs> what was going on at that moment when you wanted to quit? Like, just be, be real and describe that. Like, or I shouldn't say quit. I know you're kind of joking, but <laughs> when, no, when, when you didn't feel like it was working, what was happening? Part one, I want you to tell me that. And then Andrew, I want you to tell me how you talked her off the edge there. Well, as like, as a host, I would say it was definitely the sound of my own voice. I think particularly even for the news, it was, am I passionate about this topic? You know, you just like anyone else, if you have a bad day and you have to get in front of the mic and, you know, sound like it's the the best thing ever. Those are just tough days. So I think that that was one one variation. And, you know, the team creates such a great environment here where we can kind of like decompress before we get on air and then we're all fine. Um, so we've built like just a great camaraderie in the team, which has been invaluable. I think on the business side of things where things would potentially just get, a, get frustrating would be, I think I pitched radio at least seven times. And, it, and there were just some times where it was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I can talk about this thing again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've talked about it seven times. <laughs> if no one's biting now, I don't know what else I can do here. You know, and I think that's just a journey with anything, right? Like if you are putting everything that you have into it and you're trying again, you're like, I think I got it. I don't know if I got it. There's just times where you're just like, I th- maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not the right one. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And um, I kind of always come back to the studio and to the team and I may not have always expressed that, but I would always just come back here to kind of like ground myself and say, okay, I know what we're doing is the right thing. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep fighting for this because I, I know what we're doing is new. What we're doing is beneficial. And I really believe in it because I think that um, what we're doing from a content point of view is we're able to tell stories that don't always get told. That's what keeps me here. That for me has been just like what kind of keeps me going, um, plus the team and radio for sure. Why wasn't it working those first seven times and then what shifted what made it work to get pushed through i think it was like an evolution of really big pie in the sky everything we could do to then really narrowing it down to sales enablement and then even in the sales enablement space we had so many ideas i I mean i think we had 10 shows (laughs) you know 10 amazing show ideas that we wanted to do all at once and so it, it was really to some extent tempering us to be more realistic with what we could actually do and then what would be impactful. So versus putting out so much content 
that it might have felt unyielding for this first launch, focusing really our efforts on four to five shows that we knew were going to be great. So I, I think that's probably where we felt where we felt the winds change. Someone's trying to launch a podcast within their company. What's the strongest advice you could give them to get a green light? I would take advice from Andrew, which was don't be afraid because that's it's definitely hard to launch something new no matter what it is. So don't be afraid of that, about being the first person to do something. Um, I would say the second part is really investigate where your content gaps are. So we did spend a lot of time doing that, thinking, all right, what podcasts are already out there? What content are we already creating internally? How is this different? So just make sure that your podcast has differentiated value than the other mediums that you're already producing. I think contextualizing and finding the audience is so difficult. Um, even within the, within the company, there's, it's so bifurcated. There's all these little groups that need specific kinds of content, and there's tons of people who are sending all these ideas about things that will only cater to very small little tiny groups that they think is the biggest, most important thing in the world. Because they live in that group. Because they live in that group, <laughs> right. so it's very big to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even for myself, it was hard for me to wrap my brain around how we're going to do all of this for just one subset of the organization. Because when we initially started talking about podcasting, it was for the whole company. But how do you make a show that you know relates to the programmers and the salespeople and the admin people and everything in between? I mean, it's you might as well just start NPR or something and talk <laughs> right. about, you know, what's it's going like, on it, it, in If we government. start a show about snacks, everyone will listen. Well, but then, and, <laughs> right, but then you've, you'll have the higher-ups going, why are we spending all this time talking, <laughs> talking about, about snacks? snacks? Because I know everybody's <laughs> interested in it, but... Yeah. Yes. So, but the contextualizing and constraining is, I think there's that's where a lot of the work comes in, and I don't know if there's any other way around it except just like trial and error and time. On any of the programs, is there a particular episode or something where you go, wow, when we did that, like, how great is that for the people listening? Is there something that stands out to you? For the content that we produce, I would say uh, it was uh, our recaps of Dreamforce. It was r- incredibly hard, and every day we went to Dreamforce and... Um, Dreamforce is Dreamforce, your big our annual big conference. Yeah, is so which is coming up. Yep, it's coming mm-hmm. up in September, four or five days, largest technology conference in the world, that one. And, um, <laughs> just the largest just the, in the, the world. largest That's in the world, all. you know, it's no big deal. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, um, in all reality, no not everyone gets to go to Dreamforce, and not all employees get to actually attend Dreamforce. And so we would interview um, customers, leaders in the company about what was happening at Dreamforce and really try to bring the event to the teams. And there were just conversations that we had that I, I didn't know. I, I wouldn't have expected some of those conversations. And it felt really rewarding um, to be able to deliver that to folks who weren't able to go and see such a high consumption rate, you know, and know that people were actually tuning in, that we gave them something that they actually really wanted and needed. That to me was pretty awesome. And then, um, we have an equality show we don't produce, but that to me is like we've always talked about wanting an equality show, mm-hmm. and then the team did it, and it was like, I don't know, it was just like magic in a way because it was like we want to do, but wouldn't be the content content that we'd actually produce at least within sales enablement, and was on the show, and that like really filled my heart. I was like, yes. Uh, earlier, Andrew, you mentioned you know you had twenty show ideas right away. Uh-huh. Um, what did you start with first, and why? Well, it's that's it's. Um, I have problems with the question because, in a way, we 
we made a couple of shows that never saw the light of day. Oh, tell me more about that. Well, like, what'd you learn from that? Well, why'd you pull the like plug on the, it? Like the the field trip show, it came too early. We didn't we hadn't set up the platform yet, and we didn't have an audience, and we hadn't thought about how to constrain it or who to get it to. Um, and it's one thing to make content; it's another thing to promote it. And the promotion is almost ninety five percent of the problem. So you can make all kinds of cool stuff, but it it doesn't matter if you don't reach out to your audience. So we created for a long time in a vacuum. Now I want to know what you've learned about promoting it and getting them to tune in. Well, that's what that's where we are. That's like the launch. That's that is exactly <laughs> where, like we're going to finally get user. <laughs> we're finally going to get user feedback. Yeah, like finally get to know like well does anybody think any of this is any good Mm -hmm. and we've included it right like well we are working with a marketing and communications team within our organ you know within our group to actually promote email chatter all those good things um and we also have the content inserted into our just the way that we produce period now so before radio may have been or podcasting would have been on a little island by itself now it's just part of what we do and so we're getting more ideas and we're able to have more people besides ourselves just promote it. So kind of really bringing it more into the thread of what we do every day has been incredibly help- helpful in, it, in and of itself. Now, I know it's been a short time since launch, but can you share with me what you've learned about the data usage, the consumption of it, when they're using it, how they're using it? Have you been able to gather any of that info already? Yeah, we were looking at it um, every single day. For the first couple of days, I think I was clicking that report every 15 minutes. Right? It's like five more people listen to a show. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. I was so pretty great. obsessive. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what have you found out? What have I found out? Um, well, right now we've only launched to a mayor, so all of our, our all of our um, information is a, a mayor. But we found out what our we know what our top three shows are. We know our average listen um, duration for listenership for each episode is about fifty eight percent, which is pretty good. Um, what else do we know? We know who what shows are most popular in, in subscription. We know who's actually listening within the company, which has been um, incredibly useful. I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, all of the analytics are on our platforms. That's what's making it so awesome. We just go in and we just click refresh. Okay. And we can see instantaneously, instantaneously um, the, that suite of data. Hey, thank you, Noelle. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. 